300. Like those brave Spartans who fought in the Battle of Thermopylae, Rob and Jason have fought every day to bring you the best podcast, not just in the gaming sphere, not just in the world, but the best podcast in the universe. And finally, after 300 episodes, they have achieved this amazing feat. Just kidding. It's all still hot garbage. <sighs> it's building the game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the game, yeah, building the game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, February 26th. 2018, you're listening to episode number, get this, are you ready? Episode number 300, whoa, three zero zero. the big 300, holy cow, can't believe we made it there. My name is Rob, Jason's here too. Hello. And uh, we thought we would make episode 300 a very special episode by not doing it. Right. Yeah, so (laughs) we're done here. We're done here. Instead... We uh, we invited somebody else on the show. Really, we just kind of shot this guy an email. We're like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Can we? Can you just do it for us, please? What do you think? And they say there's a sucker born every minute. And so. guess what? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got on the line. It's a uh, uh, longtime builders and fans of gaming. The gaming podcast world uh, may recognize that that delightful laugh. Uh, we have we have a, a, a gentleman online with us who's going to kind of run the show today. Uh, he is he is someone who uh, who has made an impact on many lives, certainly on my life. He um, he, however, doesn't know what it's like to get to three hundred. He uh, he gave up. Oh, no. ow! Yeah. Shots fired, yeah, man! Shots, shots fired. fired. That's, that's, that's a sick and accurate burn. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a line. We have uh, Chris Michaud. We have your moderator, Chris from Flip the Table. Hi, Chris. Hi. How you doing today? Fantastic. How We're are you? Great. Good, and congratulations on uh, 300 episodes. It is really an honor uh, to be on this program, to, to kind of come out of podcast retirement for a short time and, and come visit on Building the Game. Well, we're happy to have of- you. And to be fair, if if our show took as much post-production as your show used to, we'd have quit a long time ago. Yeah, oh yeah. Like a real long time ago. <laughs> the trick is to phone it in, right? Just, yeah, uh, exactly. That's the secret of sustainability in game design and in podcasting. There you go, right. As little effort as possible. You, you call it a documentary podcast, and then you can get away with a lot. <laughs> like, why, why do you guys not edit very much? And why do you do... Well, it's a documentary podcast. We want to be not disingenuous, obviously. We, we like the natural... Oh, man. Yeah. The natural conversation. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. Uh, yeah, and, and some may be aware that, that Flip the Table and Building the Game kind of grew up together yeah. in the podcasting space. I, I went and looked it up just yesterday um and our two shows debuted a week apart wow um, yeah your uh, building the game is one week older chronologically than flip the table um so you're both older and uh have more episodes you're kind of like a big brother <laughs> podcast i suppose and, and yet um, you guys uh i think still far outpaced us in <laughs> yeah. in, in uh, subscribers so congratulations well, they say the candle that burns twice as bright last half of <laughs> <laughs> that probably was accurate then <laughs> So it is an honor to, to moderate this episode, and uh, and what I kind of want to do today, uh, most episodes of Building the Game are really about 
sort of providing insight for those interested in either game design or how games are put together, whether you're, you're somebody who wants to make games or are just curious about how games are made. So the other 299 episodes have been about that. This episode is really going to be for fans of building the game. This, this will be about the show and about you guys um, as a way to kind of explore the history a little bit. Um, we may stumble backwards into some game design insight today, um, but really uh, I'd like to ask the kind of questions that you might ask if you were at a panel at San Diego Comic-Con, for example, those types of, uh, of nerdy fanboy questions, if that's good with you guys. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks. And just to be clear, if we stumble into any accidental game design insights, that's pretty much how it always happens. <laughs> <laughs> you just play yes and until you get somewhere. Exactly. Right? And then yeah. we're like, whoa, that was that was halfway decent. It, it took until like episode 150 before Jason understood what yes and actually is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I want to go, go way back in time to, to start the show here. Um, and ask about before building the game was a thing. How did you guys meet? How did you guys become friends? <sighs> Through uh, yeah. our old job, right? Yeah. 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 We, uh, we used to work together at a mortgage company um, and uh, just kind of got, you know, professionally friendly in, in, through that. Um, and then we became unprofessionally friendly, hey. if you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, it, it was, I don't know, it was kind of one of those fuzzy things where I, I think, um, I think at one point we just kind of realized we had some of the same interests and started chatting one day, uh, and then chatted a little bit more often than that about whatever movie or TV show was on. Um, and then, and then one day, uh, Jason came over to my office and was like, Hey, so I, I go to this Gen Con thing every year and, uh, and I'd like to go with people so that I don't have to pay for a whole hotel room myself. Yes. Um, so what strategy. Yeah, so so what do you think? Is that something you're interested in? Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And we uh, and so we did that, and we roomed with this other guy, third guy. We probably shouldn't even name him. I don't know. No, no, um, that guy was the weirdest guy I've ever met. Yeah, and, and neither one of us knew him very well. Um, but we we I think in that trip we kind of bonded over mutual despise for this third guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's so true. He was weird. It really does bring people together, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, in our case, it kind of did. <laughs> that, that's, I think that's sort of the origin of, of our friendship. So, so you guys bonded over, over this gentleman. Yeah. Um, so, so you go to Gen Con together, uh, you become friends, you, you share interests in, in things like games and RoboCop and whatever it is you guys do in your spare time. Um, where does the idea for... A podcast come from? How did you arrive at the conclusion we're going to do a podcast? That was Rob's idea, yeah. Actually, which is surprising because Rob's not usually full of good ideas that sound like a lot of work. That's usually <laughs> my my area. Like, hey, Rob, this would be awesome. It's a lot of work. Let's do that. Yeah, we uh, after going to Gen Con for a few years, uh, we uh, we were kind of we were meeting more people and making more friends and, and getting more into uh, gaming. Cause, cause when Jason was started going, he was going mainly to play like minis games. Right. Yeah. Like, um, uh, dream dreamscape, uh, dream blade and, dream blade. uh, D and D minis were my two, the, the two big competitive ones I played. So this must've been around maybe 2003, 2004, something like that. 2004 was my first year. Uh, and then by 2005 and six, I was like, I was in deep. Uh, and then I think the last year I played in a tournament was the first year I went with you. And I, I remember playing for 18 hours that day, Wow, 18 hours. 
uh, wow. and thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a pivotal moment. It was kind of a, a watershed in your, your yeah, 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 yeah. So we were kind of, so, but we were still going to Gen Con because it was cool. Uh, I mean, um, and, and so we were kind of just getting more into to tabletop gaming because it's hard not to when you're going to an event like Gen Con. And, um, and we're both, I think, fairly creative people and, and kind of, kind of need some creativity in our lives. Um, I, I get, I get real bored and frustrated if I'm not thinking about something in, in, in various forms, mm-hmm, um, me too. pursuing something, you know, um, so uh, and and so we we got interested in maybe maybe taking a crack at that. We were looking at Kickstarter because that was around about the same time that Kickstarter was starting to to pick up and game game stuff was starting to pick up on there. That was when you'd like put half a game on Kickstarter and make like fifty grand. Yeah, um, and we thought, well, gosh, that seems easy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't even have to pay for it. Other people will pay for it. Well, why don't we take give that a try? But but something it seemed something felt missing to me. And I and I was listening to a lot of podcasts there because I I had just recently changed jobs, and uh, and was doing something very different and had a lot of time during the day to listen to podcasts and was finding that I was really enjoying podcasts, and I thought well you know hey that seems like kind of a natural connection that that um I, I, I mean I, and I've talked about this thing before that I, I know I know that I'm scatterbrained and I know that I have a problem with focusing and this is something that I want to pursue but if I if I give myself the commitment of I, I need to give myself some kind of commitment to hold me accountable right. for this, to actually see projects through to completion, and 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 doing a podcast kind of seemed like a natural fit for that. Yeah, and I, and I'm I'm exactly the same way when it comes to that. You know, we would not still be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for the podcast. Yeah. I think we're both pretty clear on that. Right. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing was you would kind of being so into podcasts, and I was into podcasts less than you were. You started really looking around for um, resources. Uh, for new game yeah. designers, and there was nothing. There was nothing right? out there at that time. And that's when you said to me, "Hey, what if we do a documentary podcast about um, us trying to figure out how the heck to design games?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, always with the idea that either we could instruct people or at least show people what not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've done a little of both, I think. Yeah, but it also needed to be easy, which is right. where that that documentary podcast right. label came in there because we were joking Clever. about. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Clever move. Yeah, <laughs> we were joking about how you know that you know the commitment is good, and we want to, but we we also need to make sure it's not too difficult. Otherwise, we'll probably just stop doing it. Right. So, so we 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 agreed to divide the efforts, and uh, and that we would be okay with natural conversations and not do a lot of editing and fancy stuff. Right. And you know, I think that um, one of the things that was that, that has kept it easy for us, we we, we had very few rules for ourselves about what we were going to do for this podcast, right? One of those rules was we will publish our games. We will publish our show on time every week. Uh, and for 300 episodes, we've done that. And again, we made that easy for ourselves because I actually published a show a day early. Uh, and I've missed it sometimes and had to publish it late on the day of, but it's never been late because right. of that. Um, but the other thing is we decided that sometimes it was okay to just slough off for an episode and play a game or you know mm-hmm. uh we did that recently uh that we haven't recorded yet but um <laughs> uh where we just we just kind of we'll play a trivia game or something on the episode and the builders still enjoy that and that kind of helps us just take a mental break mm-hmm. um and we feel okay with that and absolutely people seem to be okay with that so that's great it's not like people don't listen to those episodes <laughs> well that's that fair. they they download them i mean right they may not listen to them that's amazing 
insight, though, because um, game design itself is very demanding, and podcasting can be very demanding as well. Um, sustainability, I think, is one of the biggest challenges for whether you want to design games or create media or whatever. Um, so that's an interesting insight where, you know, the occasional episode where you're just kind of goofing off is a way to promote the sustainability of the show without just going dark, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's We should start saying that. That's really smart. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not slacking off. This is promoting sustainability, yeah. which is a big deal, guys. Come on. We're basically recycling here. We, we will never do a clip episode, by the way. You know, like... You know how shows like, you know, Friends doesn't have any content this week, so they record like five minutes of people talking and like 30 and 20 minutes of flashbacks. We will never do that. Rob actually thought about doing that one time and then was like, dude, this looks like the hardest thing ever. I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like people think of those shows as being lazy, but they're not to save time. They're to save money. Right, uh, right. Because we do right. a clip show, it's already shot. But somebody still has to go and dig all that stuff up and figure out what goes yep. in. And uh, it's a lot of work. Um, as, uh, as we learned the hard way on our final episode. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a reason we didn't do this for, for five years. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, so you've decided to do a podcast. You're going to do it to keep yourselves accountable to each other and to the world in your journey of game design. Um, you do it because there are very few podcast resources out there you wanted to sort of build that momentum and, and put something out there for people. What are the, some of the things that you expected to happen day one? What were some of the things that you maybe thought, okay, you know, if we achieve these things, we're successful. Gosh, I don't know that we had a lot of goals for the podcast. No, I mean, um, we, I remember being excited the first month because 43 people downloaded the podcast and mm-hmm. we were like, that's like, 41 more people than we expected to download the podcast because you know we each listened to it so um that was you know, i don't i don't know i i don't know how we quantified is this going to be successful it was more like we're going to do this and i've always kind of tracked our listenership mm-hmm. um because one of the things we've always said is as long as our listenership is staying the same or growing uh, overall, then we know that we're still having an impact, right? If mm-hmm. it starts to shrink incredibly, then we know that maybe we're we're done and we've got some diehards that still listen, but that that maybe it's not, you know, we're, we're not helping anyone out. Um, and that hasn't happened, but that's something we've always kind of been cognizant of, I think, yeah. as a measure of not necessarily success, but, you know, the impact we're having. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you sit down, you're not saying... You know, this is going to replace my day job, but it's more like, you know, as oh. long as it seems like we're having a positive impact on the community and, and people still want to hear what we have to say. Yeah, and, really right. And as long as we're still having fun. Right. That was the other thing. Yeah. That's a big one, too, because, you know, you can be great at something, but if you don't enjoy doing it, then, then that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. Because we're never going to make a bunch of money doing this. That's just not right. going to happen. <laughs> but uh, so, so as long as it's still fun, then 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 we still look forward to doing it uh, and getting together and, and talking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. One of the things that uh, I, I kind of marvel at, because I've been listening from the beginning since we started right around the same time, we kind of found each other on Twitter, um, is that you guys took a little bit of a risk putting yourself out there saying, we have never ga- designed a game before. Uh, we've never done a podcast before. We're going to try our hand at both, and we're going to document what happens publicly um, for however long we decide to do this. Um, 
and you know you've had some great successes along the way um but uh was was that nerve-wracking at all at the beginning or did you just kind of figure you know what happens happens and and we'll go for it when you say that now i think why did we do that i mean that sounds terrifying (laughs) right rob yeah like i don't did you think of it that way when we did it i didn't think anyone would listen so like i guess i didn't it was just you and me talking at each other in a room with a microphone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's that's kind of. I mean, we were pretty naive, I guess, right? It's it's like when when you ask what goals do we have, we didn't. Gosh, I can't think of any concrete goals we had for the podcast. It it was really just, hey, we're gonna we want to do this, and we we want to be motivated to really stick with it for at least a little while. So we we're gonna be having these conversations anyway. So why not have them uh, and put them on the internet? Um, it, you know, one of the things we talked about early on was was you know, hey, we're going to be talking about our our cool creative ideas that aren't that aren't formed. Is anybody going to steal these things? And and we kind of decided right off the bat, yeah, whatever, we don't really care, uh, you know. And we've come to learn that in the game design community, that's not something you need to be worried about. Yeah. Um, and I like to think that we help foster that belief by putting our ideas out there yeah we do have that a little disclaimer at the end of the episode that we put in the beginning that we still always have i don't know that we still need it though i mean right? well it's just kind of there so don't take it out it has, it has some value <laughs> i mean if you saw exactly the same ip out there somehow like if somebody released saloon tycoon ahead of you or on yeah. real estate if they beat you to the punch word for word that'd be one thing but yeah that's fair um, yeah but i think there's there's more to be gained from that sort of open exchange of ideas like like the reward is much much greater than the risk we've had um, some amazing things we've done to our games there were suggestions from people who just listened to our show just sure. builders who said have you thought about this and we're like oh my gosh no what a great idea let's do yeah. that yep <clears throat> i'm not sure if i answered Absolutely. your question chris <laughs> <laughs> um so one thing that i, I think is is really cool is this i think a big takeaway from that is you talk about you know, not really knowing what to expect when you got started and not really worrying about, you know, you know, what if this doesn't work out? I think sometimes it's valuable to be kind of be too stupid to be scared sometimes. <laughs> it's a sort of sort of there's there's a there's a value in that sort of naiveness, I guess, in that it doesn't restrict you from from taking a risk and trying things. And, yeah. Um, and you guys have, have tried a lot of different things on the show and in, in game design over the years. And, and it's been kind of fascinating to see kind of what worked and what didn't i guess the question i would ask is what are some of the unexpected things that have come from uh both doing the show and from game design like some some rewards or some changes that um you never could have predicted um so two things popped to mind first for me um well okay so i'm i I got three things um so first of all i think I, i i said that we started doing this thing. Well, that Kickstarter stuff looks easy. We could just publish our own games, right? And everybody else will pay for it. Well, it, it became evident to me pretty quick that that it's not that easy, and uh, and I decided almost almost immediately. I would say within the first fifteen or twenty episodes of the show that I absolutely never want to run my own Kickstarter ever, ever, ever. Um, so that that was completely contrary to um, what I was planning to do when we started this. Um, two other unexpected surprises. Um, uh, all of the friends that we've made, because um, holy cow, what what an incredible community uh, there is in in game design. And you know, we've made friends that I hope to have for the rest of my life, uh, which is which is awesome. Um, but I, th- I think maybe 
well, uh, the bigger surprise and the bigger unexpected event, which is tied very closely with the friends that we've made, is the the Iron Design Challenge that that just kind of <laughs> popped up for us out of nowhere. <laughs> that we've been doing a Gen Con now for several years. Um, boy, what a what a ridiculous thing that is so so much fun. Um, that n- never ever ever would have entered my head as something that we would ever do or that people would even care about right 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 and i think for me obviously the friendships thing has been the you know i mean some of my favorite people in the whole world now are are game designers uh who i only know because of this hobby um which is amazing right um but you know the for unexpectedness i i certainly i was a little more i won't say naive I'll, i'll be nice i'll say positive thinking than Rob about the idea of Kickstarter. And I said, you know what? No, I'm going to do it. Like it's going to, maybe it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. And then it was really hard and it was, and and I don't (laughs) ever want to do it again um, on my own. Um, uh, I've toyed with the idea of like, well, you know, now I know so much more, like maybe I could, but like, I just, it terrifies me. Um, especially having my a game published by a publisher and seeing how easy that was <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> I just do some development and then you like send me money and you send me a copy of my game. It's brilliant. And then I see them in stores. It's awesome. Um, you can take selfies with your games on shelves. Right. So, so that though, though having like, so getting games published and I'm, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but you know, one of the. The, the coolest things for me ever was seeing my son walk into our, our local game store and see on real estate and how proud he was that my game was wow. there. Right. Like that, like that feeling, that's probably the coolest thing that's ever happened out of this podcast. Um, and it, I, I certainly wouldn't have gotten a game published without the podcast. I mean, both of our publisher friends that are, we're closest with, you know, I think of like Mark and, AJ and Katarski, mm-hmm. all of those people we know because of the podcast, really, yeah, right? It's true. Because we met Jason through the podcast. Jason introduced us to AJ, and yep. Mark found us through the podcast. So I mean, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 certainly that the podcast is almost the sole reason we 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 have so many friends. I think even if we dipped into game design without that, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people found us, and that helped tie us in, right. and, and you know that that made a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, uh, which is not to say that every game designer should run out and do a podcast. Cause no, please don't. There's, there's a lot of people who aren't doing podcasts and really should, but I think there's way more who are and should not. Right. Uh, not necessarily in the gaming community itself, but if you if you search for any subject on podcasting, you'll find yeah. some, some interesting stuff out there. But, uh, <laughs> You're being nice. <laughs> but I, I think the real takeaway from that, at least from my perspective, is, is the value of that networking and and the value of connecting with other people who are interested in game design and and sort of using each other's resources and knowledge and and those energies to to really drive a a design forward because i I think about you know some of the designers i've talked to who are in like playtesting groups like when i was dabbling with game design many many years ago uh, my designs really didn't get much of anywhere because you know we we did a little bit of testing but having a, a testing group that's not friends and family that's not people close to you people who are interested in design and can give you real good constructive feedback that's just one of the many things that i I think a designer really needs at least that's what i've gathered from listening to this program is the value of of having other people around you that you can help each other out certainly absolutely but uh 
And so, you know, you might say, well, you know, the podcast helps Rob and Jason out, but, but that podcast takes work. That's energy that you're pouring in to create those networks and those connections. And, uh, and then for those of us who aren't uh, professional game designers, it's, it's provided a lot of really great insight. Um, what are some of the things that you would say that you learned about uh, maybe either the industry or game design or in general along the way that you think you might not have learned uh, otherwise? Hmm. If we hadn't done the podcast, um, well, if we hadn't done the podcast, so, well, okay, I think I think the simplest example that I can think of, um, I think our first guest we ever had on the show was Chris Kirkman from Dice Hate Me Games. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, we we asked him to come to us to to bring to the conversation a, a mechanic of the week, <laughs> and he said he wanted to talk about worker placement, and I said, "What's that?" And I, I had I had no idea, I'd never heard that term before. Worker placement, and, and that was an incredibly embarrassing question to ask, right? Yeah, we had no idea that was embarrassing. And Chris, Chris <laughs> is is a, is a Southern gentleman to his core, and and he just rolled with it. He was like, "Oh, worker placement," like, and he started describing games, and we're like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, we love worker placement," um, but realizing there are names for this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, I think I think. As a designer, having these conversations frequently uh, has is forces me. Uh, well, I, number one, it, it, it has created opportunities for us to, to meet other people and talk with other people about about uh, this this hobby um, and about about the the process of game design, and that's improved our our, our my my um, language, my vocabulary, mm-hmm. but also just just talking, saying all of these things out loud has forced me to be able to verbalize um, thoughts and ideas because I have to I think, you know, having something that lives in your head is one thing. Being able to communicate that that thing to somebody else is another thing. And then, you know, then there's a step beyond that where, you know, Jason and I have a pretty good rapport and we kind of understand each other to a large degree, but we still have to think about how we're communicating that to to the listeners as well. Um, and so it's it's helped to to force me to think about how things, how I say things and how things are received. And, and, and just to kind of put that down to, to a raw, uh, um, effect on, on game design, it's, it's made me much, much better at writing rules. Right. Um, and I probably wouldn't be that's that good at it. No, I'm not saying that I'm great at it, but I'm certainly better now than I would have been, I think without this podcast. Um, cause just, cause I don't, cause I don't usually think about communication that way, but I, but the pot doing the podcast has forced me to, I, I think too, it's helped us both with pitching to publishers because we pitch most weeks. One of us is pitching a game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of handicapped on the show when we do it because like Rob said, sure, we have a great rapport and Rob may understand what I'm saying, but the builders might not because they can't visually see it. Right. So you're doing this, this pitch, uh, to these, to the builders and they, they can't see it. You're, you have to learn the right things to say mm-hmm. and then when you sit down with the publisher and can actually show them the game while you talk to them it's way easier right uh it's nerve-wracking it's nerve-wracking but i i think it um we've gotten a lot better at it over the years yeah we we kind of we kind of end up practicing um practicing the pitch right that's what right. kind of the reason be, why it's called right that. yeah but i mean we, we we practice how to communicate the key points of the game in in that process and that's really the most beneficial part of that um and and even even when we're pitching a game that we're never going to talk about again, 
every time we do that, it just kind of, it, it keeps us thinking in that way about how to communicate those ideas to, to an audience. Exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, and speaking of, of pitches, um, I wanted to kind of go back. I, I've been listening to some, uh, old episodes to kind of get it ready for this. Uh, and it was interesting kind of <laughs> listening to like, you know, three theme songs ago, what the show sounded like. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, had some kind of warm and fuzzy memories of, of those early episodes um but uh when it comes to practicing the pitch part of the show yeah um where did that idea come from originally um i don't i guess we was who was it one idea or the other or did we just kind of come to that together i don't the idea of pitching before, a game like yeah i mean we went back and forth via email at our old job yeah. about the name for quite a while, um, and then, uh, and then yeah, it was the format, right? And yeah. we went back and forth about the format, and I think uh, we decided we needed a hook. Yeah, yeah. And so the hook was every week we're gonna we're gonna pitch a game, pitch a game, right? Yeah. Um, which was a big deal because you know that was that meant we had to have a new idea every week or every other week, yeah. basically, and and. That again, again, something right now that if somebody said, Jason, do you want to start a podcast and do that? Knowing what I know now, yeah. having not done a podcast, I would have been like, that sounds terrible. Why would yeah. you? That's so much work. And you're going to do it 300 times. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's again that, that being so naive and thinking, you know, pitching a game is easy. And, and, and to be honest, pitching a game for the show is, is pretty easy. I mean, there's a formula that, that, you know, we can kind of use. And I mean, Rob and I have both gotten pretty good at pitching off the cuff if we need to, and the builders enjoy when we just do random pitch challenges. God love them for doing that, because yeah. <laughs> otherwise we'd be in trouble. Um, you you, you want to know the dumbest thing I thought, and I think I've told Rob this before, but the dumbest thing I thought about the podcast was that we would actually make a prototype of every single pitch that we did. Like that was, I was like, I'll get back to this one at some point. Yeah, I mean, because again, I just, yeah, I made a couple of prototypes and it wasn't that hard. So yeah. I was like, this is easy, man. I make 100 of these or 150. Uh, but I can cut up 100 cards a week, no sweat. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and especially those early games, like they all had like 150 cards in them because I didn't know anything about like, you know, moderation or, mm -hmm. you know, pricing. <laughs> so yeah, these days all the challenges are like, okay, it fits on one card. And you use a single D6 that the buyer has to provide themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that the the idea of the pitch was the hook. And well, in the other, so something we, that somebody told us we were going to fail at. And we told them they were wrong and they were right. Uh, and Rob, I don't know if you remember this. Is I do. Originally, it was the mechanic of the week. Yeah. Um, and one of our friends who's not a game designer, uh, our friend Will, who did Hobocon with us, said... What are there, like 50 game design mechanics? And I was like, shut up. You don't know about game design. Um, <laughs> guess what? We, we ran out of mechanics to talk about. Uh, uh, I've never told him that. That uh, he was right. Yeah, that he was right. I don't ever plan to. If he listens to the show, Will, if you're listening, congratulations. This is me telling you you're right. That's his bonus Easter right. egg. For, <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck with you for... For three hundred, right? But but really, um, that's where the feature of the week was born out of. Because also sometimes we wanted to talk about non mechanical stuff. We just wanted to talk about yeah. stuff, you right. know. Um, and so again, when, uh, the doom that came to Atlantic City kind of went belly up. That was a big deal, and you know that was something yep. we were talking about. But where do you wedge that in? Right, right. right. 
Yeah, so making the feature of the week gave us a little more a little more room on that right more and space. That has been one of the most positive changes we've made about yeah, the show. 100%. I think um, because you know, I mean, sometimes the feature is is the, the real meat of the show. I mean, I think a lot of the times it is right mm-hmm. um, where we talk about you know the hard stuff. I mean, we've we've both talked about successes and some some big failures, and uh, being able to do that honestly on the show is. Is fantastic and having a forum for that with the feature, um, I love that. It's it's my favorite part of the show. Even though we we struggle to come up with features a lot of times, um, that is I think is one of the hardest things. Uh, we yeah, have a be. harder time deciding what to talk about than pitching games. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, been pretty fascinating to you know not only watch the the successes but the setbacks too and and how really honest uh you guys have been over the years with the listeners about you know the way things are i think if you're a game designer and you're thinking of getting into this you know sometimes i think understanding those things is is as valuable as getting in good at pitching games and getting good at feedback and and you know knowing which conventions to go to that kind of thing um and it also has made the successes like that much more triumphant at least for me as a listener you know when i you know here you know the, the kickstarter successfully funded and the games are shipped, and and you know when my package arrives on my doorstep with uh, with one of you guys' games, uh, you know that's a great moment because you've been following this journey for for so long. Um, so I, I guess it's good in, in both regards that this is kind of a documentary show. You, you get the the rewards from learning from the the setbacks, but also it makes those those victories that much sweeter. Um, do you find that uh, builders hound you about old pitches? Do you find that they, they bother you like, hey, you had this amazing pitch, and uh, why haven't you done anything with it? Yeah, that happens <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I still occasionally get somebody who wants to talk to me about the offset card system. Um, there was one builder who at, who he asked you about it a lot, and you finally were like, "Dude, it's not, I, I'm never going to do anything." Done, with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think the email he sent to me was I'm not sure. I think he said something to the effect of uh, like. I feel like you haven't uh, 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 adequ- adequately acknowledged the contributions I've made to the offset card system. Like yeah. he, they, he felt like he really worked on it and really helped me out a lot, and and that I was I was ignoring everything he'd done for me, uh, and that I I owed him some thank yous on the show for that. Um, and I hadn't talked or th- at that point I hadn't talked or thought about the offset card system in about a year. Right. He, um, I mean, yeah, he wasn't wrong. He did a lot of work for he, it. He did, right. And I'm sure the work he did was wonderful, but I I just moved on creatively. I just wasn't right. interested anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Which is, which is not to say that this gentleman couldn't, you know, kind of carry the torch himself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you probably told him that in the last email you sent yeah. to him when you said, listen, I'm never going to do anything with this again. Yeah. Um. So I wish him the best of luck. Actually, I, I, I won't say who that, who that person is, but I, I have paid attention. I think he actually just had his first game published um and so that's awesome so i i uh, congratulations to him again i probably shouldn't say who it, who it is but uh but right. my congratulations to him and, and clearly he has, he has found some success and, right. and i'm happy for him well it's cool that that story has a happy ending too. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right and, uh, um that's, that's one of the tough things about uh you know podcasting in general is, is you have to kind of you have to listen to the feedback but you also kind of take it with a grain of salt sometimes because you know there's a difference between you know this is truly constructive feedback and some of this is well this just conflicts with my vision yeah you know it's it's and and you know have you found yourselves getting better at at how to sort through that over the years 
Yeah, I think so. Um, we're, we're, what we're better at now is is kind of having our own clear vision for what we want the game to be, right? And mm-hmm. and um, and that's a really important piece of of being able to hear and receive and and digest feedback because because on one level you know, feedback it's always good to hear feedback the more feedback the better right uh, and more comments on uh, about your game when it's in testing the better even after it's published frankly but um, it, it's important to be able to recognize whether the person playing the game uh, has a different vision for what the game could be right um, you know and, and and the feedback that they're giving you might be excellent feedback but if it's but if it's pushing you to or pushing you down a road to make a game that's different from the one you want to make then it's not feed it's not valuable feedback for you well it's um, not that it's invaluable it's the i mean it's not that it's not valuable it's that it's um you have to know how to apply it right yeah uh, and i think i think most designers would agree with that and i've even even heard other designers say similar things that you know uh, feedback is important, but not all feedback really will help you. Um, right. And that's okay. And that's absolutely okay. I guess that's where, uh, like a practicing the pitch can be really helpful. You know, even if you don't have a, a podcast to do it on it, it kind of solidifies, this is what I want the elevator pitch of this game to be. And, and it gives you that sort of mission statement, uh, to, to go on. So that way, you know, as you're course correcting and adjusting and working on the design, you have that sort of core idea in mind. Um, and I wonder if, if more, you know, just any creator, whether it's a game designer, podcaster, writer, whatever, you know, a lot of the really successful ones do that is, is they try to get that. This is my outline. This is my vision. This is my core nugget of what I want this to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so so in that respect, you know, it, it was kind of a, a brilliant stroke of genius to, to have that segment on the show. Um, I can tell you that, um, you know, it, it is a little disappointing when a game that I hear about that uh, i really love the pitch of doesn't go anywhere but but it is what it is although i'm, I'm still kind of carrying a torch for uh, in a hail of bullets and uh and frankenstein's legacy for sure <laughs> oh, like thanks. i'll call you out too bad on this but i remember uh-huh. the unboxing video for the game crafter copy oh yeah of frankenstein's legacy, oh yeah and i was like you know I'm going to make Rob send me the link to that, and I'm just going to buy my own copy. I don't even care. I'm not going to wait for any other development or anything to go on this. I just want what's in that shiny box. Well, you know, I never I never deleted those files from GameCrafter. This all still up there. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, we, should, we should kickstart one copy of that game for me. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> do, you know what? I, I haven't played that game in probably four years, and I, I don't know if I can even really remember how. Um, <laughs> you just have to figure it out. It was. Yeah. I thought it was fun. On it. It, it was. It was fine. It was. It was. It was okay. Uh, it was a good. A good effort for a new game designer, and and I'm I'm pleased that I went through that process. Um, and and I think if I went back and played it again, I might be I might be crushed by all of the horrible things about it. What or you may be able to apply your new game designer knowledge to make it better. Maybe, maybe the core of that game idea was great. There were, I think, there are certainly some new game designer problems with it. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. I, I, that game was fun. Well, thank you. And, and at the same time, I think uh, that's valuable for for listeners of the show to be able to see that sometimes it's important, as as Gil Hova would say, to to kill your darlings. Sometimes it's. Mm-hmm. You know, at a certain point, 
you know, whether it's a particular mechanism in a game that uh, you're kind of in love with, but it's not helping the game or even if it's a, a whole game entirely, you know, sometimes you got to make that hard decision. And, and to to listen to you guys be able to honestly and maturely do that once in a while has, has been pretty valuable in, in sort of learning, you know, what it takes to be successful in this space. Yeah, yeah, you can't be too precious about things, right? I mean, we, we have passions, we have things that we're excited about, but... If it's just not working, it's just not working, and um, you can you can either be the kind of person who just beats your head against something and, and and until it submits, or you can be the kind of person to to let things go. Uh, uh, and and I'm not sure that saying that one or the other is the better way to work. Um, I I think for me the better way to work has been to let things go and move on to to new new stuff. Um, but we certainly have talked with other designers, some big name designers, frankly, who who say that they never let anything die, and they will, they will just work on something for years until it in, in, intensely for years mm-hmm. and make it work. Right. Um, I think we've heard that from Richard Lanius and from Bruno Cthala. Yep. And those are both people that know what they want in a game, and yeah. they know there's something good here. I just have to be in the right mindset and the you know the in um, the understanding of how to make it work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I oh go ahead, Chris. You go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say you know I I am one who's constantly been going back to old games. Um, you know, for me it's it's a hook, it's a theme that gets me. You know, I, I swear someday I will make an outcome the wolves be an awesome game. <laughs> um, but I need to find that mechanic that that works. You know, and uh, um. And it's just, yeah, it's it's frustrating when you can't, um, because like I think it's a cool hook and I think it could be a cool game, um, but I can't seem to make it into a cool game. And so I, you know, I've repitched on the show I think three times is completely different games, um, with just the same core idea uh, of the theme and a couple similarities, and then everything else is different. Um, so I can't let things go. Rob is better at that. <laughs> Yeah, and there's something to be said for for both approaches. I think if you know, and when you put something on the shelf, it doesn't mean it necessarily has to be dead forever. But it means I have spent this amount of my my creative energy on it. I need to put these energies elsewhere and, and get these other projects all the way up the hill. Because if I if I keep working on this, the other ones aren't going to get done. Yeah, that's how so, I typically approach things. Yeah, so so it's a it's a smart approach for sure. So, what are some of your uh, favorite? moments from the show itself we don't have to go like go back and pull clips or anything because we already know that's ridiculous <laughs> it's not gonna happen um, but but what are some of the memorable moments from the podcast itself that you think about maybe maybe makes you smile or, or something that people keep bringing up to you that kind of thing we, uh well one of my personal favorites that i'll remember for the rest of my life is when we opened the beer that nate darty uh gave us <laughs> and uh exploded on the floor of my office at home <laughs> I remember that one. yeah that was that was an adventure. <laughs> you want to talk about documentary podcasts? Yeah, that was that was one of those moments you just can't script. You can't right. like, set that up. Yeah, I'm glad that that happened live, right? Because because right. we often, if we're drinking a beer while we while we're have, doing the show, it's it's probably fifty fifty whether we open that beer before we start or not. And and right. Well, the only reason we waited on that is because Nate had sent it to us. Right. Yeah. So we wanted to, you know, op- get the on the show yeah, and right. then taste it and then it exploded everywhere it was the best oh it was a mess i was so glad that it was at rob's house yeah <laughs> <laughs> you 
You know what? I, a funny story. Okay, this has nothing to do with podcast. Real quick. Last night, I was uh, I was sitting at my computer and I was playing Planet Coaster because everybody knows that I like like management games, uh, uh, Sims and things. So playing Planet Coaster, and I don't know. I'm uh, I'm. I'm doing something. I, it doesn't matter what I was doing, but my cat was was on my lap and uh, and was was being very cute and kind of snuggly and and stuff and and uh, and I picked up a beer and took a drink and my cat took that moment to stand up and and like like bump my hand with his head and he pushed <laughs> my hand up and I dumped the entire bottle of beer all over my face and down my neck and on my chest and uh, and on him and <laughs> he he was very confused. And uh, it was. It, I imagine it was disorienting for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was he trying to lick the beer? Was that the idea? He was like, "If I get him to spill this, I can get a drink." <laughs> he just seemed very confused, and and also confused why I was suddenly so upset with him. Um, luckily, did not get on the computer, so uh, it, the damage was minimal. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why this reminds me of anything, but uh, my favorite all-time pitch on building the game was when rob found the packs of trading cards in the garbage yeah this was the uh the valiant comics trading cards i think it was it was it it was it was i found a package of um uh hunchback of notre dame trading cards (laughs) in my front yard that some kid had thrown off and that led us to the valiant cards right right right. because then i then we went and bought me some cards so that we would both have cards yeah right so it's just like i found this on my lawn and now we're gonna pitch a game around it Mm -hmm. Um, exactly and and then that evolved into the contest where like it was the secret thing we're gonna mention this once if you come out and say this key phrase we're gonna give you one of these trading cards but uh did, did you ever give those away or Quite a few of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Eight, yeah. Or, eight, or, eight or ten people that year, Gen Con, <laughs> I think, uh, asked for them. And then since then, I've had probably over the over the, uh, the years after that, after that, probably at least four to five more people just mm-hmm. you know say, "Hey, is it too late to say?" And I'm like, "No, I still have some cards." <laughs> so, yeah, you kept that commitment was like three, four years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Cards around with you everywhere you go. I just throw them. There's a little pack of them in my bag, and I uh, usually have them with me. So yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> and boy, what a weird thing, right? Because at that time, I'd never heard of Valiant Comics ever. No idea what it was. Right, no me either. And and since then, Valiant Comics has has had a huge comeback, well, and they're I mean, like yeah. mostly yeah. because of, of the coverage on building the game. Well, right? I'm sure that we were a factor. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this, this really, what led to the resurgence? Really, a multiplier. The guy from ACDC, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about just that. Making up names for these heroes you have no clue about, just based on the visual description. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a really good show. I, I, I wish I could remember the episode number because now I point people at it. But wasn't the one like Japanese Punisher Colossus? This bloodshot, so. yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's he's a big dude who looks like Colossus. Ja- has, Japanese Colossus, we were calling him. Yeah, Japanese yeah. Colossus. Yeah, because he looked like Colossus, but he was had like white paint all over him i assume unless his body was that color i don't know and the big red um uh uh sun from the japanese flag right yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was it was weird stuff yeah I, so you were saying uh favorite moments from the show i this is a depressing moment but i think for me this is one of the best things that we've ever for me had on the podcast uh, was the episode where I got to talk through losing the publishing deal on Gunsling and Ramblers. Oh, wow. um, I remember that one. 
it, yeah, I, I remember walking to work that day. It was it was the middle of winter, and I can remember listening to that, and I was like glued to my earbuds, like <laughs> listening, and just like, and, and not in like uh you know like oh popcorn, we're gonna watch Jason fail right. Way. It was it was because there'd been so much of this like positive energy behind it, and right. uh, and and that was really interesting to listen to. Talk us through you know, how that, that affected you and, and, uh, and why that's one of your favorite moments. Yeah. Well, so, so the big two things that stick out to me was, you know, one, so many times, like we have something like that in our lives happen, right? Not necessarily like, Oh, my game didn't get published, but something that fails in your life. Right. And there's, there's not a lot you can do with that. You personally can try and learn from it. Um, but, but the ability to, you know, a was obviously cathartic to be able to have that raw conversation. And, and Rob and I talked ahead of time, like, I'm going to be respectful, but I'm going to be honest about how I feel. Um, and, uh, and to be fair, we, we did prep the publisher for that ahead of time because he listened. So we said, Hey, this is going to happen. You know, I'll be respectful. Um, but the, the big thing was that I was able to take that and and make it okay to for, to talk about it, right? To say to other people, like if this happens, like you you that this is this is okay. Like this sometimes happens with games, and you know, um, and I think being able to do that and at least feeling like there was some purpose behind it, um, that helped, right? I didn't feel so much like uh, it was just worthless. I couldn't just sit and sulk about it, right? Um, and, and other designers had good words of encouragement for me. It wasn't like, oh man, that sucks. You know, I got, I got a lot of that, right. Of people saying, oh, you know, builders saying, I'm, I'm sorry, that really sucks. But designers saying, Hey man, that's happened to me like three times and I've got like seven games out there, you know? So like, it's, it's cool. Like you'll get there. Um, yeah. So I, that to me, obviously at the time, not one of my favorite moments in the show, but looking back, it had the biggest impact I think on me of stuff that happened during the show. That was a milestone for sure, and uh, and the fact that uh, you know you guys were able to bounce back from some real setbacks and, and get games out there in publishers' hands, on shelves, into people's homes, you know, fully produced, you know, slick production, all of that um, is amazing story. Um, and and building the podcast has really allowed us to follow you on that journey, and, and it's been really fascinating over the last five years, just just following those ups and downs. Are there any other moments from the show that, that immediately come to mind? Or Oh, gosh, let's see. We've, we've had so many amazing guests that that's been have, a, yeah. really big, um, a really big deal. Yeah, I think two, two of my favorite guests, if I can, if I can say that, um, uh, I, I mean, they're, they're all amazing, right? But, but I think two conversations that have always stood out to me um, – were were the first time we had Matt Loomis on the show. Yeah, that was um, really good. Uh, he he, uh, I f- I feel like he was talking about game design in a way that nobody else ever had to us before. Yep, talking about talking about it. I, I'm not. I'm I'm even struggling to describe it. But but the, the thing that he said that's uh, always stuck with me is 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 when he said new games are for new gamers. Um, and, and that was, that was like a relief to me to say that, oh yeah, I don't have to try and compete with all these old games that are out there that all these, uh, so many people already love. It's not about competing or making something better. It's about making something that's fun right now. Um, and it was, it was a real relief for me. And I appreciate right. that he said that. Um, I mean, that whole conversation I think was brilliant and Matt really, uh, I mean, I, he, he, I, 
his eloquence and his his message in that I think was was really stunning. Um, my other favorite conversation um, was a really old one was when we had Phil Kilcrease on the show. Um, right, yeah. uh, and Phil gave us a lot of insight. Phil, uh, of course, was was in charge of Fifth Street Games, uh, which which has a kind of an unfortunate history now. Uh, when we talked to him, it was it was before uh, Fifth Street's um, uh, decline. Um, but Phil talked about a lot of the real challenges of publishing games and distributing games. Um, he, he even talked a lot about what it's like to to do business overseas and why it's why it's important to do business overseas and how hard that is mm-hmm. uh, and how those markets are different and and it's something also a lot a lot of what he said in that has has kind of stuck with me. Uh, and, and it was really a, a first time that a, that we had a publisher on the show that really talked about the business end of it and reminded me that um, I think like a game designer, but publishers think like publishers. And and not, I mean, that's a that's a generalization, but that's always going to be something that's in their minds. Right. Uh, and that I need to be, if not, if I don't need to always remember that or, or think about that or consider that when I'm doing my designs, it's, it's important for me to think about at some point if I, if I'm, serious about carrying a game through and getting it in front of publishers um anyway so i if anybody's looking for old shows i would actually absolutely recommend trying to track those down again i couldn't tell you what the episode numbers are but we can probably find that but their names are it, the one is phil kilcrease and uh something his yeah. kickstart knowledge and the other is something something matt loomis right uh, if you go to building the game podcast.com on the episode list page you can search uh for those words yeah. and they'll pop up yeah. so yeah we have everything yeah, the, there, so. That's the beauty of the internet is uh, is Google can do the work for you. <laughs> right, just, right. Uh, you don't have to remember episode numbers anymore. You don't even have to write show notes, really. You just kind of just. We eh, get it's good. It. We don't. Alexa, if, what episode was that? <laughs> right. That, um. Uh. It's funny, actually. You mentioned the show notes thing because, like, we we started <laughs> writing super detailed show notes, and then we realized that that no one cared and no one really read them. <laughs> like, I linked every game we talked about, and it was a lot of work, and. One day I said to Rob, Rob, no one's looking at this. Like I looked at our Google, our, uh, Google Analytics and was like, no one is looking at this. I'm going to stop doing it. So then I started doing like decent summaries. Um, and then now, like it was, gosh, it was maybe a year ago. Rob said to me, uh, I noticed you made fun of me. I don't even remember what it was. You made fun of me in the show notes and the show notes weren't really helpful. And I was like, I've been doing that for two years, bro. Like, he's like, cool. All right. <laughs> Once and uh, and I pulled you up in iTunes and and the d- entire description of the show was you can skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. It was a bad. It was good show notes, but it was a bad. <laughs> but um, all right, so I got two more questions to, to ask you, and then we can start kind of winding things down. Perfect. Here. First of all, an absolute honor to to be able to conduct this interview today and really hear a lot of great insights about where this journey has taken you. Um, so the first question, uh, you know, as, as now a former retired podcaster, um, I would ask you guys, after 300 shows, if you were to give somebody interested in getting into podcasting one good piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You go, you go first. Um, well, so can I just say the obvious one? Because there's one that we're both thinking, but you probably have something better to say than that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, which is, and then I'm going to say the, what I think the real advice is. Do you get a microphone, get a good microphone. They're not expensive to get a little condenser microphone. Um, do that for yourself. Um, it's important. 
Um, but that's just a rule for every podcaster ever. If if you were new and you're starting a podcast, the two big the, the biggest piece of advice I think I would give you is set a schedule and stick to the schedule. Um, because you, you you're gonna de- if you know if you're you're, you're gonna develop listeners. Frankly, whether or not your show is good, you're gonna develop listeners likely because the internet is for everyone, right? In podcasting, there's a podcast for every person, and every every podcast has an audience. I would say, um, for better or worse, right? Um, pick a schedule, stick to that schedule. That is something that's been very important to us, as we mentioned earlier, and and I just think it's it's an agreement you have with your fans, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna do this. You can expect this. Um, and your f- fans will reward you for that loyalty. Yeah. If you want, your, if you want your listeners to commit to you, you need to commit to them by by staying on schedule and right. by by t- telling them what expectations they should have, and then meeting those expectations. Right. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say? <sighs> um, man, audio quality is so important. It's so important. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to not sound like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Get a decent microphone. Uh, record at a decent bit rate. Um, you know, be mindful of compression. Um, use Levelator. <laughs> Levelator's great. I that, mean, we actually found that out from Chris, right? Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris you told us about Levelator. Yeah. It's magic. It's uh, it's no longer supported by the publisher, but, you know, as long as some version of Windows will run it, keep using it. Yeah. 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 And it works great on my Mac, too. I yeah. just used it uh, for a bonus episode I published last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. B- because nobody, nobody wants to, to like, have to go wait what did he say because it sounded terrible um no you want that because it's confusing not because it sounds bad <laughs> right 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 yeah. right um i i guess i mean content wise um just i i mean it just i guess from kind of a production perspective i, I mean you bring bring something new to the conversation or bring something new to the um to the to the to the world i mean it, it, it that's what we we did when we started is we said I, there's nobody out there else out there talking about uh, designing games nothing that we could find uh and there there are a couple of dozen podcasts now about game design copycats yeah but um but we but we we said you know <laughs> we need we need kind of we need more than just a hook of that right right we we need we need a specific hook that makes us unique and that we hope will be unique and that was our practicing the pitch um so so bring something new to the conversation and it could be that the the thing that's that's new to the conversation or that sets you apart it could just be your personality and the personality of the people on your show and that's right. okay but just just keep that in mind. Um, it, that's something that that flip the table always did uh, amazingly. You you guys had two hooks, right? Like most people would say, oh, the hook is that they review bad board games, and but but the 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 real hook that you guys had is that all four of you were uh, amazing individuals and had incredible personalities. Yep. Uh, and and even better than that is that you guys all worked together and played off of each other so well. Yeah. And that is really, that was your your strongest thing. Oh, uh, was, was, that's super nice of you. Well, no, it's absolutely true, it's though. very true. I'm not just blowing smoke here. I mean, that is absolutely true. The, the, you four guys, and, and even when you had guests on, but, but it was always best when it was the core four, um, you guys were a unit that was just fun to listen to. And I, I would have listened to you talking about anything. Yeah. 
I didn't. Sure. I didn't care what the game was. I didn't care what the subject was. You could have been up there talking about what you bought at the grocery store that day, and I would have listened to that because 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 that was what made you guys stand out. Um, uh, be on the lookout for flip the unit price of green beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so anyway. So so um, just just think about it to to a podcaster somebody starting starting something. Think about what's going to make you stand out and. And be be true to that, and don't forget it, and don't lose track of that. Yeah, and and along with that, be honest, right? Be honest in everything you do. Yeah, be honest with your with your listeners. Absolutely, and, and whatever you do, uh, don't go on somebody's three hundredth episode recording with a pair of corded earbuds that came with your phone. That's just terrible advice for any podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever do that unless your show is over and you don't care anymore. But, um, <laughs> So, so one more question, and then we'll start kind of winding things down. Okay. Um, if you could step into Bill and Ted's phone booth and go back in time and, and talk to yourselves before you started this journey, before the first episode of Building the Game drops, way back in 2012 now, I think it is, um, what would be that, that one thing that you would say to yourself from five or so years ago? I'll let you go first, Rob. Oh man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> right under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would I tell myself before we started? Um, I would say, oh boy. Um, hmm. I might have said, "Hey, don't." Don't do the cards against humanity thing. <laughs> don't don't. We, we've all we've all been on that journey. It's okay. Yeah, it's, but they're uh, they're uh, they're um, they're God, what was it even called? Now I'm I'm blanking on the name. Their their competition. Yeah. Their reality show competition. I would have said I would say you know what that sounds like a really cool opportunity, but don't do that. That's gonna. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like uh, playing cards against humanity in the first place. Yeah. Oh. No. Cause, no. Cause I think we've all been on that. Where like the. You know, we first opened it up. It's like, whoa, this is a game for adults. And then five years later, it's like, what were we doing? Yeah, this is a game for for stupid children. Okay, so, so, so you're talking about tabletop deathmatch? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, okay. don't don't right. don't do the de- deathmatch. I know that looks like a cool thing and is really exciting and a huge opportunity, but but don't do that. That was just a lot a waste of a lot of time and energy on your part and. Uh, you didn't get much out of it. You you made some friends, and that's that's good, you know. But you know what? You would have made those friends eventually anyway. Um, and and really, all you got out of that was a lot of heartache. Um, so don't don't waste your time with that. I think it's that what what I said would have said to myself. You, you do understand though that uh, that would have created a, a butterfly effect, and they never would have put up the RoboCop statue if you'd uh, if you'd avoided that. Is the Ro- RoboCop statue still not up? Oh, it's not. No. Oh. Well, in that case, you definitely better go back. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, dude. That's that thing. I hate. I'm I'm keeping my eyes on the RoboCop statue, and it's still not up. It's still at the foundry. They're still doing assembly and stuff. Okay. Rob I just want to put it out there too that if, if the bootleg of RoboCop is Robert Cop, <laughs> then then the bootleg of Robert Couch is RoboCouch. I'm down with that. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you, Jason? Any uh, any advice for your past self? Yeah. 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 Um. You know, so I had what appeared to be success very early on that did not turn into success. Um, 
and that I think is why I struggled so much because I was like, this is so easy. Um, and I would just tell myself, you know what? You're going to fail a lot in this. You're going to fail a lot and it's going to suck. But guess what? It's it's worth it. Um, and in the end, you're going to be glad that you did, um, you know, and, and keep at it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and I'd say, you know, it, it's definitely been worth it. I mean, we, we are sitting here now on the 300th episode of this show, um, which has done nothing but grow and evolve and, and get better and better. We've gotten to watch you guys journey from scratch, from nothing, into being published game designers uh, with a real platform to express these ideas. You've built a community around this show. Um, I've always uh, had a lot of fun, you know, like listening to even listener comments and things, like, because... You know, sometimes they'd just be really funny and you just read whatever people send you. Once in a while, it'd be like, oh, I know that person. They're in the with the table group on Facebook, too. It's kinda, nice. It just, it just shows how small this community really is, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Um, but uh, there is one thing that you haven't done on the show in quite a while that I'm going to bring back, even if just for this episode. Because early on when you didn't have a, a ton of listeners and you weren't getting a ton of feedback, you would do plugs. So yep. you would uh, sort of plug something out there that was... Uh, you know, something that you enjoyed or it was nerdy. So I'm going to go ahead and do a plug right now. Um, and then you guys will, will each plug something. Okay. 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 I'd like to plug the, uh, uh, 1990 TV series of the flash starring John Wesley ship and Amanda pays. Um, I just finished, uh, watching this series and it's amazing. Oh yeah. I loved that show as a kid. Uh, the, 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 it's like, it's like, uh, the theme song is basically Danny Elfman's Batman theme, but upside down. Yep. Um, it's almost exactly the same music. They, they were kind of had one foot in that universe and one foot in network television, and it never quite figured out which one it was. But but the streets are always wet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an obnoxious mural on every wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's and, and the Flash uh, moves at about one and one third times regular speed <laughs> in that show. <laughs> yeah. And, and some and somebody always gets the drop on him. Like he he'll be like looking the other way and he'll get knocked out or something. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic oh, it's wonderful it's still and, uh, it's my yeah. favorite flash costume there was a i remember an episode where he took a motorcycle apart yeah he, just, <laughs> it. he didn't have to do that but he I mean he, he could have just stopped the bad guy but instead he took a motorcycle apart like what like why would you do that <laughs> or like every episode like there'd be a scene where he'd be like doing dishes or making dinner or something and they'd make john wesley ship the actor do all those things and then speed it up so you can imagine that shooting day where he had to like clean a dirty apartment all day. Yeah. So they could, so they could speed up that film. We're saving a lot on catering by having John just cook everything. <laughs> um, so I checked this morning. Um, it, you can buy it digitally on Amazon Prime for about 30 bucks, Or if you got a DVD player um, with two-day shipping, you can get it for 10 At least you can today as, as of this recording. So no excuse to miss The Flash from 1990. Uh, that's my plug today. How about you guys? Yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'll go, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to plug not a thing, but I'm a, like a, not a product. I'm going to plug uh, something that I think is important. Uh, so a lot of game designers out there, you have you have families. A lot of builders out there, you have families. Uh, and I'm going to plug something we've talked about a bit on a few episodes recently, and that is the idea of a family game night, of getting your kids together, getting your family together, picking some games, and spending that time together. Um, that for our family has been huge. Um and I know it's not a product unless you want to pay me for that advice, in which case I'll give you my PayPal. It'd be great. Um, but but I that's uh, you know, that's one of the things I've learned from the show and how important that is. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm plugging. 
family game night. Not not Hasbro's version of family game night. No. Just to actually do a family game night in your house. And if you're if you're a person who's a builder who's like, I've got kids, but I just don't know what kind of games to give with my kids, send a message to our podcast. I will give you a whole list of the games you should be buying for your you and your kids to play together. There you go. It's, it's, it's on the air now, so he's committed. He's got to do it. <laughs> I'm more than happy to. I do it for people even when they don't want me to. Oh, you Did like you games? Let me tell you the games you and your kids need. Like, <laughs> I bet there's someone named John Smith at whatever.com. I'm going to send that person an email. Exactly. To... <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a good plug. How about you, Rob? All right, I'm going to plug two. Uh, I'm going to plug, uh, first of all, uh, good friends of the show, Isaac Shalev and uh, Matt Loomis, designers of the incredible Seikatsu from IDW Games, which was a- absolutely hands down the best game I played last year. Uh, they've got one on Kickstarter right now called Show and Tile. It's a it's a t- Tanagrams game. Is are yeah. it tan- Tanagrams or Tangrams? One of them. Yeah. Anyway, the 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 standard standard size shapes, and you're you're basically it's you're arranging pictures to get people to guess uh, what clues are using these shapes, and it looks super fun. It's with Jelly Bean Games, so so check that out. Um, and the other plug is for uh, and and Chris, correct me if I've got the name wrong here. Flip Flory's Super Saturday board game cereal. You nailed it. All right. Wow. Yes. Like like serial killer or serial thriller, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. Flip's new a new uh, podcast. Uh, uh, it's a ton of fun. Jason and I have both guested on that, and uh, I think you have too, sir. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple episodes. I hope to do a couple more because because once again, there's no better experience than doing someone else's <laughs> show. It's so great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a ton of fun. I, I really enjoy what Flip's doing. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you guys if you guys are missing a little bit still of the Flip the Table flavor. And again, because like I said, the best part about Flip the Table was you guys. So so uh, uh, and Flip was a huge part of that, of course. So so scope he was that out. Literally the flip and flip the table. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So check that out. It's a it's a fantastic show. Podcast. Website, uh, board game serial, S-E-R-I-A-L, dot com. There you go. Yeah. And with that, um, I want to thank you guys for, for letting me host the show. I will relinquish control of your show back to you. Okay. Well, thank you, thank man. Thank you, This man. has been yeah. so much fun. It's been my pleasure. It's, it's really been a lot of fun. I, I'd love to come by and stop by a couple times a year. Well, we'd be happy to have you. You are always sure. welcome. Just, just yeah. beat the door down. <laughs> show up at your house. <laughs> Sitting in your living room when you get home. Yeah. Oh, we're doing a show, right? <laughs> right. As long as it's Tuesday night, uh, that's great. Yeah. Sure. It's 4 a.m. on a Sunday. It's time to podcast. Let's, <laughs> let's get this done. No, the, the, the guy in Jason's neighborhood, the, the ex-Navy guy with the security cameras over there, everywhere will probably uh, put you in citizen's arrest first. Yes, yes. <laughs> he at least will post a message to Facebook about that car with the main license plates. They're clearly coming here to steal stuff. They drove all the way here to steal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be lucky if I just get put in a sleeper hole. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Well, so uh, thank you again, Chris. Builders, thank you guys for listening. Uh, episode three hundred—that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Uh, if you want to um, get in contact with us, uh, uh, you can send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail uh, Send that in, and we can we can read your co- your your emails and your comments on a future show. You can also follow us on Twitter 
at podcastbtg. Jason is at J.A. Slingerland. I am at poorly underscore design. And Chris, your Twitter is... I am still at Table Flips U, T-A-B-L-E-F-L-I-P-S-Y-O-U. It was converted from the Flip the Table podcast account to my personal Twitter account. Uh, so you can catch up with me there. And don't forget to listen to the complete series of Flip the Table at tableflipsu.com or wherever fine podcasts are sold. There you go. Uh, call Google Voice number 770-TEL-BTG. Leave us voicemails that we may or may not listen to because Jason is a slacker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, If you swear a lot in your voicemail, I guarantee I'll play it because Rob has to edit it and that's funny to me. <laughs> That's your that's your game design tip to wrap this show up with. There you go. Right. (laughs) You want to get recognized. (laughs) And uh, and please buy our games. uh, Get on real estate. Get Saloon Tycoon. The uh, the ranch expansion for Saloon Tycoon is out soon. It's already shipping to uh, backers in Asia. Uh, I think it's going to be hitting Europe and the U.S. in the next few weeks. So look forward to that. Uh, Get yours on Amazon. That's simplest way to order it. Or go to your friendly local game store, of course. Sometime in the new year, you can look forward to uh, uh, um, Simple Surgery and Eight Arms to Hold You. Eight Arms to Hold You might have a name change. We're working on that. Uh, Fancy. Yeah, but uh, as soon as I have more concrete news, I'll certainly share that with everybody. Uh, You can go to thegamecrafter.com and buy a copy of the Rumplebum Academy for bug-based baking or finish it, the Outrageous Storytelling Party game. Uh, I've got uh, Treasure Trouble on there right now as well, but it's undergoing some revisions that I'll certainly talk about on a future episode. Um, And, uh, of course, Water Balloon Washout, you can uh, get a copy of that by going to our website at buildinggamepodcast.com. While they last. While they last. last. Almost out. Yeah, so... Oh, Um, is it just a a name change for that one? Can we call it Eight Holds to Arm You? That's not bad. Eight Mouths to Scold You. There you go. I I think that's the winner right there. Okay, yeah, I'll talk to the publisher. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need credit for that. Yeah. Both of us. <laughs> uh, and I think that's all she wrote for tonight. So, hey, Chris, one more time. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you. And uh, and I guess in Soviet Russia, game builds you. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. What were you saying? I said, let's talk about beer. Beer. Um, let's. Uh, what do you say we crack open a cold one here? Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. This, this is, is this, this is, is. Go ahead. Explain this is what this exciting. Is. So, um, we talked about on the last show, I think, or the show before, one of the two. Uh, I think it was the show before the last uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we talked about meeting uh, Nate Darty. Uh, yep. He came through town with uh, his uh, nice wife Jamie. Yep. And we uh, hung out with them for a bit, had some breakfast, and he brought us some beer. He did some homemade craft brewed. Yeah. And uh, it's gingerbread beer, mm-hmm. uh, or so we're told. So we're told. Um, we're about to open it. Right. But uh, tell, tell the listeners what Nate told us to, to be careful about. N- Nate said, I left it. It's, it's been sitting out for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> reason tells me that it should still be good, but... But. <laughs> it may not be. So if it smells weird when you open it, don't, <laughs> don't drink, drink it. it. But he also sent me a message recently that said he actually found... A uh, another one of those at home, and okay. he opened it, and it was good. All right. 
Now, well, maybe he's just lying to us. He might know. be lying. He might be maybe a dirty liar. Maybe he actually is not a fan of the show, and he just hates the show, and he maybe wants to poison tries, us. Yes, trying to poison us. It's the end of end of our lives here. Well, okay. sorry about your luck, dude. Now it's on record. <laughs> right, so if... Of if, course, nobody's going to produce this show if that happens. Right, so... Oh. He must really hate the show. You did good. All right, here we go. You ready? Yep. Okay, I'm going to try and open this for the microphone. It's going to explode. Oh, that was a good little... That was a good sound. Yeah. Oh, and it exploded, just like I said. Floor. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to need to stop recording here and get some paper towels. I can laugh because it's not my house. Not your house. We're going to take a quick break, folks, and then we'll be back to try the beer. Yeah. Uh, crap. <laughs> crap, 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 crap. It's going to... Uh, I literally I don't. Ah! Uh, I just unplugged my headphones too. I literally don't know how to help you. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no way to help me. Oh crap! Oh. Smells good though. Smells good. It does smell really it smells good. Great. The beer does not smell bad. That's a good sign. Get... 